You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, Happy New Year to the tribe. Good to see everybody. How many of you know it's going to be an awesome 2024? Anybody? Yes. Very good. So did anyone go see some family during the holidays? Anybody besides me? Yeah, we did that. We went and visited my, my parents. And family friend raises these chickens, right? And, you know, you, and she brought over these fresh eggs from the chickens like that she has in our backyard or whatever. That's an amazing thing that I thought chickens like lived at H-E-B or something. But uh, so anyways, uh, how many of you have ever known someone that actually raises chickens? Anybody know someone? Okay, maybe you've done it yourself. And if, if you know someone that raises chickens, here, here's what they tell you. you. You want the little chicks, right? I mean, everybody wants, have you seen those little fuzzy little yellow chicks? I mean, that's, that's the great part of having the chickens. They have eggs, and then the eggs will hatch. I mean, you can eat some of the eggs, you know, if you're like me. But then you, you raise the, the, the eggs, or you incubate them, and then the, the little chick pops out, and everybody loves the little I just think they're so cute. I'd let them crawl all over me. I mean, I just love little chickens, you know, those baby chicks. Well, those people that raise chickens, they know that in order to raise the chickens or hatch the eggs, you have to create a warm environment so the eggs can hatch. But how long is it from the time that the, the egg is shot out of the mama chicken to the time that a little chick comes out of the egg? 21 days. 21 days uh, before the chick breaks through after it's been incubated. And then after you have another chick, you can multiply your chickens, can't you? That chicken can grow up and have eggs and give you even more chickens. So really what happens there is it takes 21 days for new life to break through. And does anybody besides me want to have breakthrough in your prayer life, in your spiritual life? You're praying for something and you want to see breakthrough happen. Well, every year we start our church year with 21 days of prayer and fasting to do that because we want to break through the shells of our lives to new birth and birthing new things. Some of you during this 21 days, you're going to birth something new from your prayer and fasting. Some of you are going to uh, birth new, incubate new relationships. Anybody who's single want to birth a new relationship? Don't raise your hand, okay? You'll look, you'll look desperate, okay? But, but um, anyways, you're praying for something that uh, God wants to bring in your life through prayer and fasting. Some of you are going to birth new business ideas. Others of you are going to birth new ministry ideas. Like some of you have been around here for a while and you've had a dream or a vision or a thought or an idea about a tribe group to start here at the church and you're going to birth that this year. Um, some of you are going to have new investment strategies or maybe new levels of health and healing in your life or it could be all kinds of things like new levels of freedom from an addiction. You ever have that thing in your life where it's like behavior you don't want to do and you're doing it anyway but you still don't want to do it? Well, you pray and fast and ask God to help you with that and you're going to have a new uh, level of freedom in that area. So here's a question. Where did this whole thing of 21 days come from? Why did we start doing that? Well, it actually goes back to the Old Testament. There was a guy named Daniel, and I'm going to tell you about Daniel, um, and we're going to read a passage about Daniel here in just a minute. Before we do, let me give you some background as we do. 
Um, Daniel's country, Israel, was conquered by the Babylonians. And here's what Babylon would do when they would conquer a country. They would go in, they would take the intellectual elites out of this country, like Israel, and Daniel is one of the intellectual elites. They, they take the intellectual elites, they bring them to Babylon to assimilate them. So basically, they're trying to change their spiritual identities. They would have taken Daniel, they would have put an earring on him, they would have changed his clothing to reflect Babylonian culture, they would have tried to change teaching philosophy, change his uh, philosophy of life, changing his spiritual identity. By the way, anybody besides me ever feel like we live in a culture that's trying to tell us what our spiritual identity is? Well, this was the case with Daniel. Now, Daniel had a ton of favor with the king. I mean, the king of Babylon really liked him, and here's why. Because Daniel would have these dreams and these visions, and they would always come true. So the king could leverage that for, for obvious reasons, you know. And one time, Daniel had this dream. And in his dream, he saw a war that was gonna happen, and it really bothered him. And he, he was bothered by that. He was like, when's the war gonna happen? I mean, do I need to pray for it? If you knew that a war was gonna happen like tomorrow or next week, you would make some preparations, wouldn't you? And Daniel didn't know when said war was gonna happen. And he was bothered by it, so he went to God in prayer and fasting for 21 days and he got an answer, and this angel comes to him and scares him to death. Now, when you think Bible angel, don't think like little precious moments angels or something. You know, you got to think like big, bad, scary thing, okay? And he was so afraid of it. He's like on his face, on the ground before this angel. And I want to show you what the angel says to him. Go ahead and stand with me now for the reading of God's word. And we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. And the angel says to Daniel, after Daniel's so afraid he's about to have to wear Depends undergarments or whatever, right? And, he, and this is what the angel says to him, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. And I have come to answer your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Daniel, um, or then rather Michael, one of the archangels came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future. For this vision concerns a time yet to come. So he gets the answer about the war. It's not gonna be like next week, but it's gonna be in the future, a time yet to come. So Daniel's thinking, I'm glad that the war's not gonna come upon us tomorrow. But here's what happened with Daniel in his fasting and his prayer, is that fasting incubates breakthrough. He got the answer to his prayer because he fasted. Fasting incubates breakthrough. So will you turn to someone next to you and tell them, fasting incubates breakthrough, and then take a seat. Okay, and then you guys take a seat after that. So here's the thing about Daniel's prayer. Did God hear him? For 21 days, God heard him the first day, but God was incubating something. Follow me. And here's where this was so encouraging to me this past week is because there have been some things that I'm praying, I've been praying for, for not for days, but for years, and it hadn't happened yet. And I get frustrated in my prayers, and it's like, God used this passage to show me, Doug, no, son, I'm incubating something. I don't want to birth the little chicken before it's fully formed. See, God does complete works when he answers our prayers. He doesn't do it halfway or part of the way. And if you're discouraged because something that you've been praying for for a long time hasn't yet happened, 
let it incubate. And what incubates? Fasting incubates breakthrough on that prayer request. And so God heard him on the first day. Now, another thing that you'll see there is that there has to be a conflict oftentimes for a breakthrough in prayer like what Daniel got. Just like in the little chicken, the little chick has to, with its little beak, break through the shell, doesn't it? Prayer is a battle. And that's why next Sunday, we're gonna camo the cameo and we're asking everyone to wear camouflage in some way because we're gonna do battle in prayer in our services next week. Um, And by the way, just so you know, when you start fasting in any way, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Fasting is not easy. You're not gonna have the fasting angel come to you tomorrow morning when you start fasting and say, no, here is bread from heaven. Fill yourself, you know? It's like heavenly pizza. Uh, You're not gonna get hungry at all. No, you're gonna feel hunger if you choose to to do any type of fasting. But there's a battle in fasting and prayer. The spirit prince of Persia was fighting against Daniel's angel that was bringing the prayer request to him. And it was the spirit prince of Persia. That's what we call a, a geographic or a territorial spirit. I got this language from theologian Uh, Peter Wagner, who used to teach at Fuller Theological Seminary for many, many years, he wrote a book uh, entitled Territorial Spirits. And he outlines all these places in the Bible, uh, like when Isaiah and Ezekiel talked about spirits over Babylon and Tyre. Uh, Jesus talked about how Satan is the prince of this world, or he cast demons out of a region, see? So there are what we call territorial spirits spirits that are over a geographic area. And because of this, some people have speculated, you know, and said things like, well, there's a spirit over Dallas, right? And it's like a spirit of materialism. And some people have said there's a spirit over San Antonio, a spirit of poverty, because there's so much income inequality in our city. And some people would say that because St. Anthony was one of the founders of San Antonio, and he took a vow of poverty, that it's led to poverty here. And all this is speculation. I can't verify any of that, but what I can verify is that the Bible teaches us that there were princes in the spiritual realm over different geographical areas, and fasting incubates breakthrough in prayer, in battle, over those territorial spirits. Sometimes you can go to a neighborhood, and you can see the manifestation of the demonic in that neighborhood by way of crime or, you know, violence or things like that. Before you go to work, go to prayer. Before you go try and help an area, go prayer walk it and break down the powers in the air in that geographic region. You follow me? Like before we, there have been times where after church, we would literally walk the perimeter of this property. Everyone in the church would walk around it and pray. Some of you remember those days where we've done that right after church services. And the reason we do that is because the geography, there's spiritual geography going on uh, in the spiritual realm. Let me give you a definition of fasting as we're talking about it today. Fasting is abstaining from food, drink, or pleasurable activities as a way to humble yourself to God 
It enables the Holy Spirit to reveal your true spiritual condition, resulting in brokenness, repentance, and a transformed life. And can I just say this about fasting, that fasting is not giving up sin for a time, okay? Some people will be like, yeah, I'm going to fast from like, you know, drugs and hookers and stuff. No, we're supposed to, we're supposed to avoid that kind of stuff all the time, right on? Uh, so fasting is not like giving up sin, but it's giving up stuff that's okay or pleasurable things or food um, over a period of time. Now, let me give you a couple of different disclaimers about fasting. And number one is fast in a way that your health allows. Some of you have health conditions. You may need to consult with your doctor before you do any type of fasting. Some are nursing mothers or pregnant mothers, and you're eating for two right now, and you got to consider that. So uh, fast in a way that's healthy for you, because I don't think God's trying to harm any of us through fasting. Is he? he wants to help us. And so you, some of you have meds that you have to take with food or whatever, and you have to consider these things. Here's a second disclaimer about fasting. Fasting is not earning an answer to your prayer. You can't do any spiritual acts that force God to answer your prayers. It's not transactional. God is in love-grace relationship with us. And so you don't fast to get him to love you more. You don't fast in order to get God to give you stuff or do stuff. Um, So it's, it's not transactional like that. Fasting increases your spiritual weight, not worth. See, God loves you if you believed in him and you don't have to do anything to earn it. So for the rest of our conversation today, we're, answer, we're gonna answer three questions about fasting and drill down on these three, uh, I guess, uh, questions that are common about fasting. Number one, what motivates your fast? Number two, what types of fasts are there? And number three, what do you do when you're fasting? So remember, it's what motivates your fast, what types of fasts, and then what do you do during the fast? So let's go back to number one and break that one down. What motivates your fast? Um, And I think at the core of it for most people, one of the motivators in your fasting is you want God's power. And here's why you want God's power to work is because there's something in your life that's humbled you. There's something in your life you can't control. There's something in your life that if you could do it, you would have already done it. There's some circumstances of your life that you want God's power to work and move in. Is that making sense to anybody? And so part of our motivation is, is, hey, God, we wanna see your power at work in our lives. And we saw the power of God at work in our church this last year in way of the way people came to faith in Jesus. Do you know that we saw 220 people come to faith in Jesus and get baptized last year at this church? That's worth celebrating, right on? Yeah. And then on Christmas Eve, did you know that we saw 89 people baptized in one day at at our church? That's worth celebrating too. And that is... We've never, that, that's the most number of people we've had get baptized on a single Sunday in the history of this church, both post and pre-pandemic. So God is on the move here. He's working here in people's lives. And so one of our motivations is we want God's power to work, right? But another motivation is we want God's presence. This is not, this teaching today is not just about you knowing something, it's about you knowing someone. It's, about not, it's not about you knowing factoids about Bible theology of fasting. It's about doing something. You follow me? 
We only believe the parts of the Bible that we do. And I know churches that never even talk about fasting. We want you to experience more of God. This is not just about sitting around in a nice little church and, you know, having the guy encourage you. Ever go to church and you think, oh, I was just sat there, and then you rate the service after you leave. You're in the car, and you're like, yeah, the music was really great, and, you know, the pastor only offended a few people today, so check. You know, we got, we're going to the restaurant, okay? Let's beat the Methodists down to the restaurant, you know, go get all that. So um, that's not what church is all about. It's a bit of, but being a follower of Jesus is about being a disciple and learning to deny ourselves. That's one of the things that fasting does. It helps us learn to deny ourselves. And we live in an age where everything's about me, isn't it? A lot of people are about self-actualization and selfie pictures. Everything's about me, me, me. But fasting helps us to get our eyes off of ourselves and what we want and our eyes on God and other people. I think it was Billy Graham that said, the middle in the words, sin, pride, and Lucifer is I. And we want to take that out and get our eyes on the Lord and other people. And if you're praying for a sick relative and nothing has happened yet, remember that Fasting is what incubates breakthrough on your prayer requests. Man, if you've got a big decision to make, some of you are younger and you're trying to figure out what you're gonna do with the rest of your life, fasting incubates breakthrough where God will show you the next step you're to take in your life. It could be a problem you're having with one of your kids. Fasting incubates the breakthrough that could happen in the problem you're having with your kids. And what if a lot of us actually did this, you know? What if we decided to not just kind of sit there, do church, check the box, you know, drive home, go to the restaurant and all that kind of stuff and do it again the next week? But what if we actually, you know, learned something on Sunday that we did on Monday? And we, a lot of us fasted and actually prayed during, fasted and prayed during this time. What kind of breakthroughs could we see, not just in our individual lives, but in our church as a whole? See, this could be powerful. We could see a lot of amazing things happen. So let's go to the next question, number two. What are the types of fast? And I'm gonna show you several different types of fast, but let's start in Daniel where we started the conversation. We're gonna be in Daniel chapter 10, verse two. It says, when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks, or 21 days. Um, All that time, I had eaten, here's what he fasted from. No rich food, no meat, No wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant creams and lotions, okay? So uh, he used no lotions until the three weeks. You're like, what is the lotions thing about? (laughs) Well, in that day, they didn't have as much water as what we have in an arid part of the world, and so they would rub these fragrant creams on themselves, okay? Today, we take showers. I'm gonna ask you, please, 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 don't fast from showers during the 21 days, you know? Um, don't, but don't do that. But, but they, would, they would rub these creams over them and made them, you know, smell better. And also, they live in an arid, dry part of the world, so their skin would get ashy and dry. And so they, they would rub the creams and lotions on them to, to keep them from, you know, getting dry skin. And that's one of the things that Daniel did. And so the Daniel fast is number one in seven types of fast that I'm going to show you today. Now, uh, you got to understand about Daniel, there's actually two Daniel fasts. There's Daniel chapter one fast and Daniel chapter 10 fast, and they're very similar uh, in nature. But basically, if someone says they're doing a Daniel fast, it means they're not gonna eat meat, they're not gonna eat sweets or bread, they're only gonna drink water and juice and 
you know, eat fruits and vegetables. But then another kind of fast, number two, is what we call the full fast. Okay, the full fast is no water and no food. And that's kind of a dangerous fast if you go more than like three days or something on that one. So you better check with your doctor on that one. But then the next fast is the most common fast that you see in the Bible. That's number three, the food fast, where you drink water, but you don't eat any food for a given period of time. Number four is what a lot of people like to do, and that's what we call the partial fast. That's where you give up one item of food or or more. Um, So some people would give up like chocolate or meat or coffee or something like that. And, and, you know, it's a partial fast. And uh, a lot of people are into intermittent fasting these days, you know, where you fast 16 hours and you eat within an eight-hour window, stuff like that. There are a lot of health benefits to intermittent fasting. I was reading the research of Dr. Jason Fung, uh, who is a world-renowned expert on intermittent fasting and treating people with type 2 diabetes, written three best-selling health books. And Let me show you a few of the things that he says about fasting, what it does for us. It'll improve your mental clarity and concentration. It can lead to weight and body fat loss, reversal of type 2 diabetes, increases energy, lowers cholesterol. In addition to that, some people say that um, it actually fights aging at the cellular level to fast. And so, uh, you know, uh, fasting brings breakthrough. It incubates breakthrough with our physical health in addition to the spiritual realm. Um, But look at number five. There's the media fast. And a media fast is where people choose to do without certain types of television or Netflix or social media. You know, you give up your TikTok or your Instagram or whatever, you know, social media you're on. And what you do on that is you basically delete the app um, during the time. You know, you delete the app and just reinstall it after the fast is over with. And I was reading some of the research on what happened in a study of 2,000 people who were on average age like 34 And here's what the study revealed after a week. People who'd given up Facebook were better off in several regards. They had better well-being and life satisfaction. And I think a lot of us would find that. Uh, Nothing wrong with social media if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, But during the fast, when you're tempted to pull out your phone and check whatever social media it is, you just say, "Hey, hey, God, I care more about your likes than the likes of other people. God, I care more about what's going on in your kingdom than all the kingdoms of all the profiles of all the people that I typically look at on my social media. You see what I'm getting at here on fasting for a breakthrough in a media fast. But look at number six. Here's the one no one ever talks about, but you know me. I'm gonna talk about it, right? That's number six, the sex fast. And I didn't just make that up, okay? He's just like, where does he get this stuff? Where does he get this material? It's in the Bible, okay? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse five. The looks on your faces are stellar about round, okay? Um, anyways, is 1 Corinthians 7, 5. Some of you are like, I've been fasting from sex and I'm not meaning to, okay? It just it happens that way. At first Corinthians, it just comes to me. I don't know what it is. This is seven, verse five, I should read the Bible before I get into any more trouble. Do not deprive each other. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations. The next few words are real important. Unless you both agree. So I can see, you know, after church, the wife says, we're gonna go on a sex fast for 21 days. And the husband's like, I hate Pastor Doug. Um, anyways, uh, it's like, so it says, unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. 
And then it says, afterwards, you should come together so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And I know a lot of the husbands in the room are saying, you know, I just wouldn't want to put my wife through that. And for 21 days, it'd be hard on her. But uh, anyways, it's a sex fast to focus on prayer. Um, Then number seven is what we call the combination fast. And you can combine any number of these fasts to create what we call the combination fast. That's where you fast. You might fast from all food one or two days during the week, and then you fast from certain things like social media and coffee or meat throughout the whole 21 days. So that's a combination fast. But here's what you do. If you don't know what to fast from, you sit there and you just put your hand out and you pray, Holy Spirit, would you please show me, bring the thoughts to my mind of those things that I'm supposed to fast from. And then you pay attention to the next thoughts that God brings to your mind and you fast from those things. So here's, I wanna be real clear what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to fast for the next 21 days. Decide today what you're gonna start fasting from. Start fasting today after the services, after the church services, and then we'll all break our fast together on January the 28th after the church services, right? So it starts right after church today and it ends right after church on January the 28th. That makes 21 days, right on? So I hope that's clear. And here's one of the things that I sense God by spirit was saying to me, is that Doug, take one step further. One step further. I know for some of you, you never even considered fasting from anything. And to go without your Instagram for 21 days would blow your mind, right? I know others, you've never thought about going without meat or coffee for 21 days. And that would be a big step for you. And that's cool, do that. But some of you have been doing this for a few years. And it's time to go from chilling to be challenged. And so I'm taking one step further and I'm asking you to consider take one step further than you've ever been on fasting. You don't have to go crazy and go without food and water and you know, ceasing to breathe oxygen for 21 days. But if you've been fasting, maybe, uh, you know, like a, a food fast from all food one day a week and then going without coffee the rest of the time, fast for two days, you know, food fast for two, two or three, two days, three days each week. Just go one step further than where you've ever been in fasting. Now, a lot of people wonder the third question, what do you do when you're fasting, what do you do? Do you just sit around and complain about being hungry or complain about the things you're going without? No, you don't do that. Fasting is not what you're doing without, but it's what you're getting more of. And it's more of a concentration and focus on the Lord, getting more of Almighty God. And so every time you hunger, you wanna pray. And I'm asking you to think about what you wanna pray for, because there's something going on in your life that you wanna pray for, someone that you wanna pray for, something you wanna pray for. Think about that one thing you're gonna pray. And every time you feel hunger, every time you have the urge to check your social media, every time you want coffee or whatever it is you're going without, pray during that time. Hunger is an internal reminder to pray. But here's the second thing. Replace eating with reading God's word. Replace eating with reading God's word. God's word is like food for our souls. That's why when Jesus did a 40-day fast, you know, he said these words in Matthew 4, 4. He says, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. See, Jesus wanted God's presence more than he wanted 
God's miracles. See, and more than he wanted bread even. Bread's not a bad thing in the Bible. Jesus is called the bread of life. But Jesus goes without a good thing for a better thing in getting more of the presence of Almighty God, see? And Jesus didn't just want the hand of God to do miracles, else when Satan told him to, you know, uh, tempted him to turn the stones into bread, he said no, because he wanted God's face more than he wanted God's hand. You follow me on that? Now, fasting exposes an unhealthy relationship we have with food. Has anybody felt bad and you use what we call comfort food? Because it's like medicine for us. And when you fast, it forces your soul to go somewhere else besides food, uh, go, go somewhere else besides food to, to get nurture, help, and, and comfort there. And so we want to go to God for our comfort. I like the way Pastor Vlad Sobchak says it. He says, go to the Father, not the fridge. And I think that's a good slogan. Um, the way I like to say it is make the flesh hangry to make your spirit holy. And so going without food helps us in that fasting incubates a breakthrough. Now, I want to talk to those of you that are spiritual investigators just for a minute, because at our church, we always have people who are coming, they're guests and friends and family and stuff, and you're still not sure if you even believe in God yet, and you're trying to figure it out. And have you ever said, you know, I would believe if God would just do a little trick. I would believe if I could just see God do a miracle. Well, Jesus says, you know, you're more blessed if you've not seen yet still believe. And what you got to understand is God doesn't want to be your magician. He wants to be in relationship. That's what, that's what he's after. He, he doesn't want to do tricks for you. He wants to, uh, he wants your love. And, you know, I, I think about family and my parents are aging and we live many miles apart and we want to talk. And my parents are so cute because in recent years they got smartphones Anybody love teaching your aging parents how to use technology and stuff like that? And it's, it's kind of fun, isn't it? And it's like I got a text from my mom, you know? She puts the same, you know, dog emoji on every text, you know? It's just kind of funny right there. It's so cute. And like um, the app that they really love is so funny. They feel like they're on Star Trek when they use it, is FaceTime. They love FaceTime, Right? Because it's like, you know, when they grew up, there was a comic book, Dick Tracy, you know, where you could see on his phone, see a picture of someone. That was like space age back in those days. And so they love FaceTime. And I think that the people that created these apps were smart because they knew that as human beings, we're wired not just to want to hear the voice, but to see the face. See, see the face is more intimate than just the voice. And right now in this life, Paul says, we see God in a mirror dimly, but someday, here's what God wants, face to face, isn't it? Because his desire for you is not just a call, and it's not even just, it, not even just FaceTime, not in, on technology, but it's in person. It's like face to face, because he loves you. That's the kind of relationship he wants with you. If you never had that love relationship with God, I would consider it an honor to pray with you and uh, help you to, see, to, to meet him. Let's bow for prayer right now. If you want a love relationship with God that you've never had before, just pray something like this. Just in your own heart. God, I know I've sinned, but right now, the best I know how, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. He was my substitute. Welcome into my life. Thank you for coming in.
pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Everyone said, amen, amen. Well, as we continue with our service, we're gonna have some music here in a minute. And we have these little magnets that are sitting here on the front of the stage with some pens, and they're like this, these little white magnets. And the front of our stage is painted with magnetic paint. And so what you can do is you can write your prayer request on the little magnet and just stick it on the front of the stage. So earlier I asked you to think about that one thing that you're praying for and that you're gonna pray for during the 21 days and to write it on a magnet. So here in a minute we're gonna stand up and I'm gonna invite you to literally come down here and write out a magnet what you're praying for. If you wanna kneel and just pray for a minute and then you know, stick it on the front of the stage and we'll be praying for these magnets. And I'll tell you why this is so significant for me personally. Because I've told you a lot about one of the worst times in my life when, you know, Jeannie and I almost got a divorce and I was out of the ministry. And then by God's grace and by his miraculous hand, my marriage was saved and restored and I was restored back into the ministry. And after I was back in the ministry, I was given a teaching at our church and a friend of ours named Cheryl came up to me after the service and she opened up her journal and she showed me these places where she was prompted to not only pray for me, but to periodically fast and pray for my marriage to be restored, my ministry to be restored. And I firmly believe that I'm standing here today uh, talking with you, the people that I love, and married to my smoking hot, awesome, godly wife today because one dear friend believed that fasting incubates breakthrough. And I'm the beneficiary of that breakthrough. I'm the beneficiary, beneficiary of someone who fasted and prayed for me because God has done a great work in my life. And you know, someone's marriage is gonna be saved because fasting incubates breakthrough. Someone is gonna overcome depression because fasting incubates breakthrough. And maybe it's through your fasting and prayer that someone's gonna experience this. Someone's gonna get healed of cancer because someone here is gonna fast and pray because fasting incubates breakthrough. Someone's literally gonna choose life over suicide because fasting incubates breakthrough in someone's life. Someone has been resistant to the gospel and doesn't believe, but fasting's gonna incubate a breakthrough so that this person experiences eternity with God in heaven as opposed to an afterlife apart from God. That's the power of your prayers and fasting. So let's stand together now. And I wanna invite you now to come and grab one of these uh, uh, things and maybe one of these days the band will come out here and sing. There they are. They just appeared magically behind me. And as we sing, you guys come and write what you're praying for. And let's ask God to bring breakthrough. Lord, I'm 
for how over the top good you are to us, how you've provided for our needs, how you shed your blood, Jesus, on the cross for us, how you sent the Holy Spirit to infill us that we could um, have the fruit of the Spirit and healing and restoration. And because you're so good, we're hungry for more of you. We hunger for you more than we hunger for food and media and all manner of things. And so God, I've seen our folks as some of them stepped out in faith to like write a prayer request on these magnets and place it on the stage. And I pray you bless it. I know that you've heard their prayer today and it may be incubating for some time. But I pray you encourage our folks today and during this 21 days. I pray that we would grow deeper in our relationships with you than we've ever been here at City Tribe. We're not, we're content, but we're not satisfied with where we're at. We wanna grow in more intimacy with you, in depth in our relationships with you and each other. And that's why we humble ourselves before you. And together, we pray against those spirits of those powers in the air that would hold us back, that would hold back our prayer requests. And I know some come bringing their prayer requests in brokenness and hurting. And my sense is, is that you're saying to some of your kids today who came with tears in their eyes to put these magnets on the front of the stage that you love them and that they're unconditionally accepted by you and that you hear them, you hear their prayers, and you're at work right now, moving on their behalf. And so we thank you for what got unleashed today by faith. And we look forward to the power that's gonna go out, not just so we can see tricks and stuff, but so we can get more of your presence, more intimacy with you. Thank you for what you're doing among us. We love you. You're so over the top good. We can't thank you enough. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen, amen. Anybody want to thank the Lord for his goodness for us today? Yeah, you guys go ahead and take a load off, take a seat for just a minute. And one of the things that I sensed was that... Um, there's someone that perhaps, you know, uh, didn't, you know, you, did, you weren't able to come up and put your magnet on the stage. Well, I want you to know that you can still do that after the service. You can come up and write a prayer request on a magnet and stick it on the stage. And we would love to pray for you this week. And we're going to go over every single one of these magnets and, and pray for you guys. A um, few things as we wrap up. Next Sunday, we're going to do some spiritual battle and prayer. That's why we're saying... Um, camo the cameo next week. So we're all gonna try and wear camouflage next week. If you're watching online, you know, wear camouflage pajamas or whatever at home. But if we come here, we're gonna try and wear camouflage if you've got some. Um, also, next week, um, in addition to next week, we have got our prayer leaders who are gonna be up front to pray with you after the service should you want prayer for anyone. They're just a super awesome group of folks that would love to pray with you and serve you and minister to you in any way that they can. And you know, just like we give the first part of our year to prayer and fasting, 
um, as a first priority of God. One of the things that we do in our financial lives as worshipers of Jesus is that we bring a first fruit tithe at the local storehouse of the church. Now, if you're not a Christian or new here, a guest or whatever, we're not like after your money or whatever, but those of us that are Jesus followers, we're trying to be faithful in every facet of our lives. And one of those areas is our finances where we bring what's called in the Bible a first fruit. It's really like a first priority of our finances. And we bring like a tithe um, at church, you know, to invest in the stuff that Jesus cares about and seeing people get fed, helped, and uh, served, you know, fed spiritually and sometimes even physically too. So um, there are four ways that we take up the offering here at City Tribe Church. Um, some people like to mail it in. Others like to text to tithe. And uh, other people like to go to the giving stations located near the exits of the theater. And then some people... Most people just go to our website, citytribe.church, and take care of it there by clicking on the give link. So I'm so grateful for your generosity and all the things that you guys are invested in to see people get helped, not just here, but all over the world. So before you guys worship through your generosity, let's stand up together now and receive a word of benediction. If you're comfortable to do so, join hands with the brothers and sisters next to you. And uh, as you walk from this place, dear brothers and sisters, may you walk from here incubating breakthrough through fasting, go from here knowing that you're absolutely loved. And as you hunger, may you remember not only your prayer requests, but the heart of our good God that cares so deeply for you and has sacrificed for you. Walk from here in power of the Holy Spirit and fasting, and may you see breakthrough. You guys have an amazing Sunday. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.